Hey there, welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast, where faith and works are empowered. With every episode, we're embracing our multi-layered lives with faith, know-how, and grit. I'm your host, Dr. Jasmine, and I'm ready to go global with you. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast, where faith and works are empowered. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Miss Ty Abrams, y'all. She is all the way from New York, and she's an author, investor, innovative education leader, and serial entrepreneur. She has committed the past several years to building an education to wealth pipeline where students can be prepared for admissions into a selective high school through her company, Admission Squad. And she's been able to teach people how to successfully launch a career with minimal college debt. And we could all use some conversation around getting rid of that college debt, y'all. So I'm so excited to have with me Miss Ty Abrams, who I met several years ago, but I'm pleased to have this conversation with her about bridging that wealth gap and helping people reach their purpose through her business. Ty, would you please, please, please tell the Girl Go Global community more about yourself? Thank you so much, Dr. Jasmine, for having me. I am so excited to be here. I've been on a mission for several years to correct some of the areas where I didn't have the guidance that I needed. And I started off by building my company at Mission Squad that helps talented middle schoolers to get into top high schools here in New York City. I noticed that when we try to think about college and career readiness, a lot of times companies will start at the high school level, but I would meet those high school students and they were a little too late in the game. I couldn't help them academically. I couldn't help them with career advice because there was so much foundation missing for these students. So I decided to start a little bit earlier with middle school students in terms of intervening on their educational experience giving them the preparation and training needed to qualify for elite college preparation schools. And once these students place into these schools, nine times out of 10, as long as they do what we tell them to do and they are on task, they are in a great position to get into an elite college, get all those amazing scholarships, internships, and start a winning career. So that's where my journey started. And along the way, I just realized there was a lot of information missing from our career journey around financial literacy. I'm talking about building wealth. I'm talking about avoiding debt. I graduated with six figures of student loan debt just from my undergraduate degree. Mm, and I was preaching. So, right. I was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, as a top tier student, how did this even happen? How? I get it. Right. And it's it, it, the reality is when you are middle income, you have to be really strategic about how you're going to finance college so that you are not set behind once you mm-hmm. graduate. So I've been on a mission to correct a lot of those issues uh, so that our students can get a strong start to their career. So th- your mission is so, so needed. You know, I can attest to not having um, college debt following my undergrad degree, but that grad school debt, mm, that's still chasing me down. Girl. <laughs> so any information you're going to be able to share I'm sh- today, I'm sure it's going to be of value to so many, not only to those young people out there who are in high school, but also to some of those folks who got that college debt. Perhaps there is something that you'll be able to share that will help them 
you know, just kind of dig out from under all the student loan debt, all of that, that debt that's incurred because of school. So before we jump, jump into that conversation, I just want to know from you, where did this passion come from? What was the, what was the inception of this idea around helping the youth? For me, I noticed, you know, going to school at Duke University, majoring in mathematics, I started off my career pursuing investment banking internships. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's where I wanted to be. That was my life dream. And so to be able to be on Wall Street as a 19 year old for two consecutive summers, it, it felt like my dream had already come true. But while there, I looked up and I didn't see any black people who looked like me. It was so few of us. Um, then I started off my career post-graduation as a government consultant, and it was a very similar experience. There were very few uh, folks who I could identify with. Mm. And while, you know, that should never hold you back, I still took a personal issue with that because I'm trying to figure out well, what was so different about me that allowed me to make it into these spaces and what's happening to the rest of my little brothers and sisters to why they're not able to get on this pipeline. And so mm -hmm. I, I just took the issue personally. I really thought through my journey and I do believe I was exceptionally smart, but I also believe that there were several other young people who were just as smart as I was. So what was the difference? And it came down to access to elite educational experiences. I got into something called a specialized high school here in New York City. There's nine of them right now. And you have to take this competitive exam to get in. It's about 28,000 students who will test for only 5,000 seats. And so I am certain that placing into an, a specialized high school made a huge difference for my college prospects, you know, and for my ability to not only make it onto Wall Street and operate as a consultant, but be successful in those environments. And so that is where I wanted to start my journey, you know, in terms of correcting this issue for young people. What is going on with the pipeline? And it came down to two issues. There was an information gap. A lot of families just didn't even know about the schools and they didn't know how to get their children prepared for these schools. And the secondary issue was a content readiness gap. A lot of the students just didn't have the academic foundation and didn't really have access to accelerated preparation to be in a position to be successful on the SHSAT, which is the exam that you have to take in eighth grade for admission into one of these schools. So that's where the journey started. And along the way, I just thought through some other areas that I struggled with. And I noticed that many of the students, once they placed into these elite schools, they would come back still confused about what the next steps were. How do I get a job? How, which colleges do I choose? What major should I focus on? I can't tell you how many times students will choose majors that don't yield a return on investment. So you're spending all this time and money accumulating all this debt, and you can't even be sure that you're going to graduate with a strong career opportunity. So mm -hmm. I wanted to address that. And that's kind of where I decided to write a book called Who Am I? An A to Z Career Guide for Teens. And that's actually where I met you, Dr. Jasmine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were my editor. <laughs> and I was so grateful to have you as a part of that team because this information was so necessary for students to have a playbook for success 
in high school, not college. There's too many things that I found out in college. And I felt that that was way too late. Mm. So this was about getting students armed up with the right information in high school so they can start to put together a soft version of what a career plan can look like. Mm. Wow, that's so good. I mean, your mission is certainly needed. How are you currently helping high schoolers through your business admission squad? So right now, once they place into high school, we offer a series of workshops. So students have the opportunity to take uh, investing classes where they're learning how to get started in the stock market, how to open up a Roth IRA, how to just begin that financial portfolio. And we show them all the numbers that if they stick to the plan that we share with them, you know, by their 30s, they should be in a really solid financial position. We also um, do follow on workshops, you know, with them to see like where they are career wise. So what are things that you're thinking about as it relates to a career? You know, who are your aspirational mentors? Who are the people who you look up to? You know, we really push them to put together a one page career plan that includes a bit of a five to year, five to 10 year roadmap of Mm. what they want to accomplish. And that way they're able to reverse engineer which college, which internships would be the best to help them actualize that dream. Mm. So that's the level of clarity we want a high schooler to have as they go into college. So we partner uh, with several organizations right now where we're offering the college and career readiness workshops, but it's not what you expect. It's definitely more high level. We also talk about 21st century careers where students can be more aware of where the dollars are moving, right? So we know Mm. that there's going to be a lot of jobs that aren't going to exist over the course of the next 10 years. But as I say to our students, that's nothing to be afraid of. That's something to be excited about. You just have to get savvy about where the dollars are shifting. So we push our students to get into uh, cryptocurrencies and to become digital content creators and to think about genomics and some of these new and cutting edge careers. You know, if you want to create robots, you can do that, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we want them to be ahead of the game and that way they they have some level of of career security okay that's so good and and not only of for young people i've been saying this for quite a while um we need to be looking at careers of the future what does this look like because so many of us even now um people are like you said going to be losing their jobs through through to due to ai and what what, how can you leverage your skills and find a new niche that's going to be relevant and important in the future? Because I can imagine that over the next 10 to 15 years, where many of us will still be working, especially those millennials and especially those people, you know, who are just starting their career, what will that look like? What will psychology look like in an AI focused? world so what we what we encourage our students to think about is the impact of technology on a variety of sectors Mm so you know for instance you know in the past you would have physically went to see your psychologist but now 
we have opportunities where you can see your psychologist, you know, remotely. Mm-hmm. You also have situations where robots can even sense what you're feeling and thinking, and they can provide you with feedback on, on what you should do for this, for this particular day to address your mood. So mm. you know, that's showing up in app technology. Um, you know, if we're thinking about, you know, the shifting of money. So now we have, you know, all these digital currencies, right? Like, so finance is not even the same as it used to be. Correct. If you're thinking about, um, you know, going to see a doctor. Now you can see doctors remotely, right? You have Correct. Remote, remote appointments. So really, we don't know what the future holds. We really have to think about it as, you know, innovation. We are in what we call an innovation economy. So the future is being created every single day. So it's really up to us to figure out how we're going to play a role in that, how we Mm -hmm. can be the creators of our future. Whatever industry you're excited about, reimagine a way that things can be disrupted. Look at Uber. Just even 10 years ago, Uber didn't even exist. You know, you had to just wait on the street and Mm -hmm. hope that a taxi cab was going to stop for you here in New York City. (laughs) And now you can be anywhere and just open up your app and the cabs come to you. And so we need more folks to think along those lines, Mm -hmm. really reimagining what industries are going to look like. And then see yourself in those positions. Don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of technology, but get excited. Understand industry trends. So we teach this in our workshops, you know, how to study trends because whoever can master the trends will always be ahead of the game. That's good. That's really one of the biggest challenges with, you know, some communities, specifically the communities that we serve. A lot of times you're using information from your parents and your grandparents that are decades old but you have to find a way to stay ahead of trends. So how do you do that? You're going to be reading the newspaper. You're going to be stay keeping abreast of podcasts. You're going to be looking at uh, most recent blog posts for whatever industry you're interested in, right? You're Mm -hmm. going to be, even some news stations you have to be mindful of because some of those news stations are not always going to give you the information that you need. So you really want to tap into whatever your industry of focus is and then find those thought leaders, find those industry leaders who are really helping to create the future and you get right on their team. You figure out how you can be uh, an intern for their organization, be on a research project with them, like figure out how you can stay close to the folks who are leading these initiatives and leading these industries. And that way you're always ahead of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a thread with your conversation. Not only have we kind of transitioned a little bit into the, the technology conversation, but um, I'm also hearing that we have the opportunity right now to kind of set the trend, to kind exactly. of make way and be a disruptor in ways that are going to allow us to be ahead of the game. Exactly. Because as you said, so many people couldn't imagine years ago, and even I when Uber first came out, was a little hesitant. But now that's my go-to, Uber, Lyft. You know, I'm leaving the airport. While I'm getting my bags, I'm calling my Uber. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, like, what you thought couldn't be possible, you need to look at that thing and see if that's something that you can find your niche in. Like, I'm hearing that, like, so heavy right now. But I also want to point out that someone once told me, and I want to know what you think about this, time. Some someone once told me that the technology that we get like our phones the new additions and 
all of the little things that come out that we use in our homes. Um, see, hey Siri, uh, Google Home, all of those little technology pieces. I heard from someone that by the time those products reach your home, they are outdated. And those people that make those pieces of technology are on to the next thing that they're about to introduce within the next year to to five, five, three to five years. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's accurate. Think about when you're creating a product. Like for me, for our company, even when we, we launch digital courses, sometimes it takes months to get those products done and then approved and then through all of these processes to be sure that it's ready for market. And somewhere along the the way, we already get started on the next iteration of what we want to do. So Mm -hmm. it's the same idea. Like there's no way that if the iPhone just came out today, that that is all they have in the pipeline. They already are planned ahead. You know, another example is flying cars. Flying cars were already created 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so more recently you're starting to see the YouTube videos and like they're doing more tests for the consumer market, but a lot of the technology was created over a decade ago. So, you know, you just have to be a part of those conversations. You know, you can k- kind of get plugged in when you're in college, you can get plugged in, you know, at, there's a, always an innovation lab or something like that in New York or in California, you just want to be a part of those conversations, go to those panel events, go to those conferences so that you can understand the direction that the world is moving in. Yeah, this is such a good conversation. And so what would you say to parents? Like we have um, folks out there who are listening to the Girl Go Global community or part of the community and who listen to the podcast regularly, those who have children, whether they are uh, elementary school or they have children that are in school or in college, what would you say to parents regarding how to support their child in 2022 going into 2023 very soon we push our parents to be savvy to be open to change to also be reading the newspaper alongside their children to have a global mindset right to think about how they can reimagine a brighter future for their children a lot of our parents do tend to be stuck in the stone age in terms of thinking that the old tried and true careers are definitely going to be here. There are certain careers that are protected. Healthcare, education are two of them that nine times out of 10, while technology will come in to enhance, it's it's very rare that it's going to fully replace those industries. Whereas there are other industries where, you know, it's, there's a higher threat of technology coming in and completely taking jobs away. So Mm -hmm. we just encourage parents to be, aware and up to date on what's happening in the world, be a little bit more aware of who their child is. Mm -hmm. Don't just force a career on your child if it don't even make no sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what can they actually do? What are their unique gifts and skills and talents? And how can we marry that to a growing in-demand industry? What skills can the children gain that the world needs? That's how you provide economic security to your children that's good and I think this conversation this that we're having right now is not just for those young people but also for those who are mid-career professionals who are looking to just make a shift in their career and or prepare for the future absolutely um, so I do want to jump into our conversation a little bit. Uh, hey, y'all, I'm talking to Miss Ty Abrams. 
She is an author, an investor, and a serial entrepreneur. But I'm so excited to also have the opportunity to talk with her a little bit about the importance of investing and the idea about financial freedom. What are your thoughts on that, Ty? Where do I even start? Okay, I I had an amazing mother that learned some information from a network marketing call marketing company called Primerica mm-hmm. when I was in college, and she pushed me to open a Roth IRA. So I did, and I probably had maybe like three thousand dollars in there, and then the market crashed right when I graduated around two thousand eight two thousand nine, and I got so scared and I pulled everything out right. Um, I also like gave a friend of mine like 5,000 to invest in the currency, like foreign, uh, foreign exchange market mm-hmm. and he lost everything. So I was terrified of the stock market. I pulled everything out and I was like, you know what? This system is rigged. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with the stock market. Fast forward about seven years later, between 2009 and about 2016, had I left even just that $3,000 in there, I would have more than doubled my money. It would have been even more than that. I could have used a big chunk of that to pay off a lot of my student loan debt. Mm. So I noticed, you know, as I reflected on my thinking, I was like, Ty, like that was a bad decision. Now, what made you think that way? What allow you to operate from a place of fear instead of doing the research to understand the stock market because there have been so many millionaires who've been created because of the stock market. So it was it was at that point that I really said, okay, I'm not only going to start investing aggressively, but I'm also going to get informed about how to protect my wealth while being in the stock market. So that's kind of where my journey began around 2016. I opened up my first Roth IRA. Well, I guess that would be my second one because, you know, the first one, you know, I just let that go. Um, And since then, I've been able to turn that into a six-figure portfolio. Um, So that's that's only one of my streams. And I just realized compared to what I actually invested uh, versus what's in the account right now, I was like, whoa, like the power of compound interest is real. And you have to make sure that you are a part of it by investing a lot earlier. So that's just one tip that I encourage every family to prioritize. I have three uh, little nieces and nephews, and we make it a standard that as soon as a child is born in our family, we have investment accounts opened up for them and we contribute uh, to those accounts on a consistent basis, birthdays, holidays, mm-hmm. Christmas, right? We are already starting them on that trajectory so that by the time they are 18 or 22, right? And they're ready to start their life, they already have a head start. So that's uh, yeah, one awesome. basic step that we push for every family to prioritize. Now, outside of that, I took it to the next step. I was like, this is amazing. What else can I do? And so I started investing in high growth stocks as well as blue chip stocks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so those are going to be blue chip stocks are going to be like your bigger companies that are already, you know, established and they're tried and true and they have pretty much steady growth over time. So you have pretty good confidence that you put your money in there and you just kind of leave it or you invest on a regular basis. It's going to go up. And then you have your high growth stocks. Those are going to be companies that are kind of on the up and up. And so there's still some opportunity to get higher returns. And so I've gotten involved with that as well, as well as dividend stocks. If you want 
steady income to be coming your way, whether it's on a monthly or quarterly basis, you can do dividend stocks. So I just started learning a lot. I got into real estate investing. <laughs> so I, I invest in real estate projects as well. There's so many ways to grow every dollar that comes through your hands. And I strongly believe as a Christian woman that we have a responsibility to be a good steward of the money that God blesses us with. I make sure mm -hmm. I tithe, but the 10% and then some, but everything else, God is entrusting me to be able to grow it and to mm. multiply it and to be able to be in a position where I can be a blessing to others. So that's Amen. what encourages me to learn more about how I can make my money grow. Um, and that's what I do on the stock market side. Now, when we think about financial freedom, you know, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad makes it very plain. Uh, financial freedom is when your passive income, meaning the cash flow that's coming into your bank account without you having to do any physical labor exceeds your monthly expenses. So if you can sit down and figure out, let's say every month, I need about $10,000 to be comfortable, right? Like between your mortgage, your utilities, you know, your phone bill, you know, a little bit of shopping, a little bit of mm -hmm. travel, your gifts for people, your tithing and offering, all of those things add up to, let's say $10,000. You want to spend, I don't care if it takes you five years, 10 years, figuring out how you can acquire assets that will give you the passive income on a consistent monthly basis to cover those expenses. One way that most people do it is multifamily real estate. So mm -hmm. you purchase, you know, some sort of a real estate property that has multiple units. And of course, like there's going to be extra money left over after the mortgage is paid after, you know, all the utilities are paid, there's going to be extra money left over that we call in business profit or cash flow. And that cash flow is basically yours to live off of. So if you can acquire enough real estate to where that cash flow is adding up to $10,000, your monthly expenses, you are officially free. Like you don't have to work if you don't want to. And so that is the, the mission that I've been on for myself. And I've been encouraging others to pursue that path as well, um, because it is just the right thing to do. I think millennials, we kind of have a different approach to life, right? We're not mm -hmm. waiting until we're 65, 70. So I don't see me doing it. I really yeah, don't. I do not see me retiring no. from a job at 60 something years old it's not happening girl at all it's not at happening. all like literally like like literally if I could retire now I would right my job don't, is don't, don't give me a flashback I'm triggered <laughs> just keep going just keep going <laughs> I'm saying though it's like I want to enjoy my life now I want to travel now I want to understand what it means to see the world and experience the richness of, 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 of what God blessed me with, right? When they said, Jesus said, you know, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I don't want to yeah. wait until 65 to experience that abundance. I want to experience it now. Yeah, and I nice. just, I noticed that we were just given a playbook and a lot of folks just followed it. They just followed this plan that you have to graduate from college and then work for the next 45 years and then you get to live. And I love that my millennials, we are reimagining what life can look like and we're getting savvier. We're getting smarter about how we spend our time so that we can create those passive income opportunities for ourselves so we can live life on our own terms. I like to say, Ty, 
I want to be free to move about the cabin. <laughs> do not try to buckle me up in no seatbelt and tell me I need to sit here for X amount of time. No, I might want to work from uh, West Africa. I might want to work from Florida. I might want to be in Cali. Or I might want to be here at home in Maryland. But you know what? I want to be free to move about the cabin. That's it. That's it. We call that the laptop lifestyle. Okay. Yeah, what are they saying? What they're saying now is soft life. I'm trying to be just um I'm I'm so serious and I'm with you a hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like, nah, I'm good on that. I agree. <laughs> I love I love this trend about the soft life. I'm here for the soft life. But I still have to be honest. I've had to work hard to have the option to have the soft well, life. So I'm like, well, that's true. That's true. And nothing giving the soft life, and they ain't even work for it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, whatever. I know. I, by the time I get there, I will have. How about that? Yes. <laughs> Amen. I want that for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm hearing a lot from you right now, Ty. But I really want to know. Out of everything you do, you do so much. You serve the community. You are building that generational well, well, closing that generational wealth gap, but I want to know where you get your faith from to do all that you do. Well, as a Christian woman, I mean, I believe 100% in the promises of God. I believe that we are here to live a life of abundance. We are here to expand the kingdom. We are here to be in service to the kingdom, to be in service to God. And I also want my life to be a living testimony of what is possible when you accept Jesus Christ into your life. That is my 100% mission. And I, I do believe that some people, you know, when you're a Christian, you can choose to kind of remain a babe in Christ, right? Where you just doing the bare minimum, you're going to church, you're receiving the word and you're going about your business mm -hmm. or you can choose to be used. I mean, 100% used up, right? Like where God is blessing you with all these gifts, skills, and talents, and you are finding ways to allow it to show up in the world so that you can bless people's lives, so that you can be a vessel through which people can be drawn to the kingdom of God. And so that is what is my anchor, right? That is what I desire to do. It's who I am. And it shows up in so many different ways. I think we have a responsibility to 100% show up for God in a way where people can see the light that shines brightly within us. And so that's what drives me uh, in terms of faith. I mean, look, if Jeff Bezos can have a trillion dollar company, like why can't I? Okay. So, I hear you. Yeah. Like there's so much that's possible when you really operate from a vibrational frequency of abundance and I, I, I've just been blessed to be on this journey for so long where I can see where I started, you know, with the family that I was born into. And there was so much that I was blessed with in terms of us kind of having that head start in multifamily real estate that my, my grandmother gave us that legacy. But I also recognized that there were some areas where we had a mindset of lack, where you know, everything was coupon clippings and like, you know, we're going to be at the discount store and we're going to try to figure out how we can cut corners. And it was always about how you like live this minimalist lifestyle. And I'm not saying to not be a good steward of your money. You really should. And, and I'm a very good, excellent money manager. But at the same time, I really wanted to understand what abundance feels like. And abundance mm -hmm. is this idea of, of a limitless existence. 
it's not just as it relates to money, it's, it's as it relates to ideas, as it relates to opportunities, as it relates to possibilities, right? Like there's just a way in which you move through the world and there are no limitations on how you think, how you dream, how you move. And that is the life that God called us to live. And so every day it is my mission <laughs> to get 100% <laughs> in alignment with that vibrational frequency of abundance, because that is, that's God. Like that's how I, that's how I would know, okay, I'm walking, I'm abiding in Christ. Right. So that's, that's how I think about it. It's a, it's a lot deeper and manifests in in, in a way where I, yes, I, I run admission squad. I run companies. I have investments. I, you know, at some point want to start buying businesses. You know, I have several streams of passive income you know, all of that is, it's how it's manifested in the form of, of, of my financial well-being. Uh, but there's so many other areas where you can experience that abundance and you have to have the faith in order to be able to operate in that. Amen. That's so good. And I see you doing it. I see you accelerating your life, living that life of abundance even more than you are now. And so, because I know for sure that you're going to put in that work to get there because you are, you, I believe that you are one of those global girls who use their faith. You got a little bit of know-how, you use strategies and tactics, your faith, you combine those, your faith and your works to live out the purpose that God, for which God created you to live. And so girl, go Mm. global. You are doing it. I want to know where you get the carriage. Like, what keeps you full of courage? Will you tap into that inner courage? Courage. I mean, I think it's knowing your why. Mm. The bigger your why, the the further you're going to go, like the more bold you're going to be. And I definitely in the beginning, it was like, I got to pay up this student loan debt. I'm going to be real honest. It was like, mm. I owe 143000 And I'm not interested in having this debt. So I was willing to do whatever it took that was still legal, (laughs) that was Mm -hmm. still righteous, right? That was still allowing me to stay on the straight and narrow path of of goodness, right? Um, To get that money paid off. And in the midst of that, I made a commitment. I said, well, God, I want you to use me, you know, to bless others, right? So how can I generate a lot of money because I have to pay this, this debt back? but I want to do it in a way where I'm transforming lives. So my initial courage came from me wanting to just pay the debt off, but doing it in a way where I was building a a legacy. Um, Beyond that, there was, I have to admit, you know, a year or two where I really had to think about my identity and my why and what's driving me. And it took a little while because I didn't have the debt anymore. Like I, I became debt free in 2016 And so, and I've stayed debt-free, praise the Lord. And so it was like, okay, well, what now? You know, like I I didn't have children at that point. I wasn't married. And so what is really going to push me? And I've come to a place now where it really is about 100% walking in the purpose that God has for me. I am not interested in entertaining a life where I'm living anything less than how God sees me. And the reason why that's important is because if you step outside of your divine purpose, you have to face a life that is unfulfilling, right? Like there's, 
and I and I and I there was a a, a season where I almost was like, well, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I did everything. There's nothing more for me to do here. I got what I needed, right? <laughs> and so, and I started to become really unhappy and unfulfilled. And the types of opportunities, you know, I was attracting was starting to be different. It wasn't. A, a touching my soul in the way that it used to. And I realized it was because like, this is not about you, Ty. This is about you fulfilling the calling on your life. That is, that is what God asked you to do. That is what it means to walk in obedience. And so if you decide to step outside of that, you have to be at, at peace with the life that that comes with. And I, I'm just not interested. And so like my courage, it comes from wanting to 100% fulfill the call that is on my life. And I know that's for some, maybe that's not big enough of a reason, but a lot of folks to me are struggling or in unhappy relationships or situations because they didn't go, like they didn't become the full version of who they Mm. were supposed to be. They didn't reach their full potential. Even when it comes to relationships, you know, I've definitely dated people in my life, not a million people, but you know, Mm -hmm. I noticed that when I date a gentleman and again, amazing people, but they're only a reflection of of who I am at that point in my journey. Mm. And so I noticed as I continue to evolve, as I continue to, become the full version of who I was meant to be, the, 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 the men, the, the female friends, the opportunity, everything that I attract gets so much better. It becomes, mm, that's good. I'm becoming more of who I was destined to be. And so, you know, you have a choice, you have a choice. Are you going to, when you, when you say settle, people are like, well, don't settle. You can't think about that as an outward conversation. No, me choosing a man you know, that maybe is not everything I would have hoped is not me settling with that person. Something inside of me caused me to settle with myself. I decided that I didn't want to become everything that God wanted me to be. So it's less about the other person and it's more about who you are and the relationship that you have to the God, to, to, to God. Right. And so that that's, I'm more afraid of not, you know, becoming everything that God wanted me to be. That is that scares the bejesus out of me. And so I'm like every day I'm like, okay, God, like, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? How can I operate in excellence? And how can I get as close as possible to the divine calling that you have for my life? That is what drives every day. Man, that's good. You know, here at the Girl Go Global Community and Podcast, we are all all about embracing our multi-layered lives at all the ages and stages, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can totally identify with this idea about attracting what's in you at the time, right? So mm-hmm. as we continue to evolve, and that's here, really one of my purposes here is to help women evolve, to help women reach the calling that they feel from within by providing value that will, that will, you know, give them, point them in the right direction as well as point them back to Christ. So when I asked you, Ty, what it means to go global, what would you say? What does it mean for girls to go global? Going global means having a global mindset. Your realm of influence, uh, your expertise is not just for your local town, not for your local school. It's not for just your family. It's not, you know, even though it is noble to 100% operate in excellence, you know, where you physically are, 
we want to start thinking nationally, thinking globally, recognizing that your message can be reached uh, by people all over the world. And there is a responsibility that you have to share, right? So we want to make sure that everyone is thinking on a global level. We have social media now. We have all of these media platforms. You can easily hop on a flight if you need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speak an engagement, right? You have podcasts, like what we're on right now. There is just so many easy ways to reach people in Africa, in Europe, in the Caribbean, in South America, maybe even in Antarctica. They got to have internet too. (laughs) So, you know, we really want to allow um, our light to shine and the message that God has put on our heart to reach the far ends of the earth. And that's how I think about having a global mindset and thinking about how you can solve global solutions. That's good. That's good. And so, Ty, if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, they can definitely check me out on my website, tyabrams.com. That's T-A-I-A-B-R-A-M-S.com. And I'm always on Instagram hanging out at I am Ty Abrams. And of course, I'm on Facebook too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely any of the social media platforms, you can find me at Ty Abrams and definitely shoot me a note, send me a DM. I'd love to hear your thoughts on where you are and how I can continue to support you on your journey to not just financial freedom, but living that life of abundance. Mm, that's so good. And with that, this has been the Girl Go Global Community and Podcast where faith and works are empowered. If you are enjoying the content, please don't forget to subscribe and give us a review. Look forward to talking to you soon. Girl Go Global.